You're listening to Dauber Prospects Radio. we got a special post-draft lottery edition coming to you today. We're going to be doing a mock draft with myself, Peter Harling, co-host Ainsley Scott, and very special guest, Cam Robinson. So, uh, welcome to the show, Cam. Thanks for joining us, eh? Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, and do a little mock draft now that we have an understanding of uh, what the draft order is going to be. At least it's set in stone through picks 1 through 15, and we have determined uh, the draft order for the remainder of the draft to be uh, following Colorado, New Jersey, Columbus, Philadelphia, L.A., Anaheim, Minnesota, Toronto, San Jose, Washington, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, Vegas, Boston, Nashville, and the Ottawa Senators via the Pittsburgh Penguins because, as Cam mentioned, you're the champ until you're not. So we're going to give the Pittsburgh Penguins the benefit of the doubt and uh, say they go for the three-peat. All right, gentlemen, uh, are you all set? You got your draft uh, rankings and lists and everything all set to do a little mock drafting. Let's do it. This sounds like a blast. Yeah, ready to roll. All right, so what, we've, what we're doing is we're going to take turns uh, picking, uh, and we've determined the draft order. Uh, the mock draft lottery winner was uh, Ainsley Scott, virtue, <laughs> virtue of alphabetical ranking. So congratulations, Ainsley. Cam will be picking uh, second, and I get third, and then back to Ainsley, and so on and so forth. So without further ado, the very first overall pick of the Dobber Prospects Radio mock draft goes to Ainsley Scott and the Buffalo Sabres. Well, I'm going to start everybody off with a big shocker here first. This is the first time we're going to go off the board and we're going to take defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. He is, uh, as most people know, an offensive dynamic defenseman. There's really not much more to say about that. He is uh, in a class by himself. Teams have been looking for a player like this since the beginning of time. They will continue to look for players since the beginning of time. Buffalo fits their perfect positional needs and he has the potential to be one of the most prolific producers in a generation. So the Buffalo Sabres select Rosmus Dahlin. All right, I'm uh, I'm still just upset that my parents didn't name me Aaron, so I could have gone first. But uh, with uh, with the second pick, Carolina, they're going to go to the well and they're going to get uh, Andre Sveshnikov. So just uh, just a physical player who's ready for the NHL. Um, he can score goals in a ton of different ways. So he's got that one shot ability, but he also gets into the greasy areas. He bangs home rebounds. He can get tips. Um, he can work the give and go. So uh, I, I think uh, he'll complement their stable of young players very nicely, and uh, they're taking Sveshnikov. Next up is the Montreal Canadiens. So here's a team that I think is very very in need of adding a, a roster player right out of the draft. They have not been shy about picking players from the United States in the past as well. Uh, so I think that the most NHL-ready player that can have an impact on their roster right away in a number of ways is Brady Kachuk. Uh, so the Montreal Canadiens take Brady Chuck. He's got good offensive upside. Skating's not an issue. And he's going to bring some, some I think, needed grit and sandpaper to that roster. Uh, and I don't think it's much of a reach to take Kachuk at third overall. So that's who they take. The next up is the Ottawa Senators, who are absolutely shocked to see that their player that was available at third overall is still on the board. They had toyed with the idea of taking a defenseman with, with the next pick, but seeing that Philip Zadina, the dynamic offensive winger from the Quebec Major Junior League is available. They do, in fact, go to Philip Zadina and run away laughing. Uh, so Arizona steps up fifth overall here, and I think they're looking for uh, an impact player from the blue line. Um, and they're going to head to the OHL on the London Knights, and they're going to take Evan Bouchard. He put up just monster totals this year. Loves to shoot the puck, similar to OEL. 
And uh, I think he's a player that could surprise as a late birthday and crack an NHL lineup uh, this fall. He's done uh, all he can in, in junior hockey. He might end up back there for another year and on the world junior team, but uh, he's also got a chance to crack an NHL lineup. And I think that's where Arizona goes. The next up would be the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, they run up to the stage because they're super excited to be able to draft uh, the player that they thought was the next best defenseman in the draft after Rasmus Dahlin. And they are quick to select Adam Boquist from the SHL. It's a player that uh, they hope can fill the shoes left vacant from Nicholas Lindstrom since he retired. Next up is the Vancouver Canucks, who currently seeing a run of defensemen up there fitting their positional need. They have the desire to add a dynamic offensive producer from the back end, select Quinn Hughes out of uh, Michigan in the Big Ten. And he is a left-side defenseman that can skate and produce offense. He can quarterback a power play and has the ability to skate with at pace in the new NHL. He fits perfectly, although he's a tad undersized. They don't have any doubts that he will be able to translate. And they take Quinn Hughes to shore up their back end to go along with their other stable of forwards. I can speak for Canucks fans everywhere. I'd say that they'd be pretty thrilled with that pick, too. So, uh, Next up is Chicago. Um, I think they're very interested in uh, Oliver Wallstrom at this spot, but they definitely have a need on the back end. They've got an aging core back there. Uh, I think they go to the queue and they take smooth skating um, Evan, or, uh, Noah Dobson. So he's a player that can play in all situations, uh, log a ton of minutes, and, uh, and put up some points too. So I think Chicago goes Dobson at this spot. Ooh, four D-men in a row. Mm, it's a run. Fascinating. And the New York Rangers are up next, and they put a halt to the run on D, and they're going to go... Back to the wing, and they're going to pick American-born Oliver Wallstrom. He's a dynamic offensive player. I think the New York Rangers uh, are probably going to be looking for a player that can come in and, uh, when he makes it ready to the NHL, uh, score some goals, sell some seats, sell some jerseys. And uh, I think Oliver Wallstrom is a dynamic player that we threw out a first look at in a Boston Bruins intermission game. Check him out on YouTube as a what it was a nine-year-old doing the uh, spinorama move. Um, so I'm thinking the New York Rangers are, are quite pleased to add another offensive weapon to their prospect arsenal in Oliver Wallstrom. All right, next up is the Edmonton Oilers, who, although have a very serious positional need to add a defenseman, were disappointed to see that their major targets had already slipped past them. So they go up and select the next best center they believe in the draft, and that is Joe Valeno from Drummondville in the Quebec Major Junior League. He's a two-way center. He'll project somewhere to be a uh, middle six center with high defensive responsibility, but a very good uh, motor on him and the ability to produce offense with a high ceiling. Uh, so they go with Joe Valeno and shore up their middle, knowing that as the years go on, to have strong positional need down the middle behind McDavid is going to be the way that they're going to push forward to be uh, dangerous for years to come. All right, the New York Islanders, uh, they've got a couple of holes in that organization. Um they're not sure if they're going to bring back John Tavares. I'm sure they're going to try their best, but uh, I think there's a little bit of a hole behind that. So I think they're going to they're going to take a swing on a Finnish kid here in uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. He's uh, got a bit of a clunky stride, but he gets around the ice really well. Uh, put up a half point a game in the Finnish Liga this year. Uh, looked good against his peers in all the international events, and I think he's got a, a pretty high ceiling, and, and they like that. So they go with Kotkaniemi. That's who I was going to take for the Islanders. But the Islanders get another pick. So I get a, a consolation prize for them. And I think another one of the positions that they have that they'd be looking to fill organizationally is defense. And uh, they're quite pleased to, to be able to take 
Ty Smith, who falls all the way to 12th overall. Uh, the slide for Ty Smith ends. He's a solid all-around defenseman, a little bit undersized, but uh, he's a projects to be a, a reliable NHL defenseman, and uh, the New York Islanders are happy to take him. Next up is the Dallas Stars, who walk up to the uh, podium and select Joel Farabee, the left winger out of the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, he is a extremely quick skater with a good release, sees the ice very well, has the ability to make plays, uh, and plays at that pace and at that speed in the new NHL. And they feel the need that to replace some of the uh, the talent on the wing that they have not been able to materialize in past drafts with Valerie Nachushkin and Denis Gurianov. So they walk away with Joel Farabee. All right, next up, Philly. They are loaded in all spots in their uh, in their prospect depth chart. So uh, I think they take arguably the best player available here, uh, a safe player who does have a high upside and uh, some scouts are in love with. I think they go uh, Barrett Hayton out of the OHL. Um, so a, a kid that can play all situations. He can finish. He can uh, distribute. He can kill penalties. So I think they, uh, they go Hayton at this spot. Next up is the Florida Panthers at 15. And the Florida Panthers go with a player that doesn't necessarily have the greatest fantasy upside, but they think that that's okay because they're a real-life hockey team. And they're going to pick Bode Wild, a nice, big, physical, strong defenseman who uh, may not be a top-pairing defenseman, but they certainly see him slotting into their, into their top four. And uh, they're, they're proud to select Bode Wild. All right. Next up is the Colorado Avalanche. They uh, have needs to continue all over their roster, but they uh, they walk up to the podium and they are looking to add another defenseman to their strong core uh, of forwards that they have going forward. And they look to take Jared McIsaac from Halifax in the QMJHL. He has good offensive upside. He will project to be a good two-way defender. Uh, he skates very well. He sees the ice very well. Uh, there's a little bit of risk with this player, but they feel that the offensive upside and the ability to add a top four defenseman is too much to pass up at this point in the draft. Okay, New Jersey comes up at 17. Um, I think they're going to try to shore this up in uh, in free agency, but uh, to fill the pipeline a little bit, I think they take a player with big, big upside that can create, and I think they go uh, Ryan Merkley um, out of Guelph. So he's, uh, he's a player with just incredible uh, vision and skating and edge work and uh, his play creation is just off the charts for a player his age so he's young uh, there has been some questions about his attitude uh, he doesn't love to play defense so much but uh, but if you want someone that can put up points and create offense he's your guy so I think New Jersey takes a swing here on Ryan Merkley next up is the Columbus Blue Jackets and they have had a really great prospect pipeline for a long time. Their uh, AHL affiliate won a Calder Cup. They've got a lot of young players on their roster, but their their prospect bench is a little depleted. So I think they're going to be looking at getting a player that uh, has reliable NHL projection. And looking at the list of players that are on the board still, there's perhaps one or two players that maybe have uh, a better ceiling, but they feel pretty confident that, that they're going to get a hit with uh, Ryan McLeod from the Mississauga uh, steelheads in the OHL. So they look at a center position need, uh, a reliable, safe NHL pick, and they're pleased to take McLeod. Next up with their second pick in the draft is the Philadelphia Flyers. And again, are very deep all over and they're very fortunate to have two very high picks. But because of that, they feel that they can reach for high upside here. And they go to the MHL and take forward Gregory Denisenko. 
uh, who has the ability to project to be a potentially top-end offensive threat to add to their group. He skates, he sees the ice very well, he complements players around him and makes them better, and has the ability to be a solid two-way player as well too. So they go and take the Russian and feel that they have the strength to surround him to make them uh, have, again, one of the strongest prospect groups in the entire NHL. All right, so uh, the Kings step up here at number 20, and uh, they're going high upside. They're they're trying to change their mantra a little bit and get away from the big lumbering approach. Um, so they're going to go with a kid who's got a lot of skill. So they're going to go uh, out of Sweden. They're going to take Dominic Bach at this spot. Ooh, I was wondering. Hmm. Good for the good you for like the... skill, you like Bach, yeah. Intriguing pick by the Kings. All right, that moves us along to the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, the Anaheim Ducks at this position, I think, are looking at taking the player that they think is the best overall available player. Uh, and in their opinion, I think that might be Finnish forward Rasmus Kupari. So Anaheim Ducks take Kupari. Next up is the Minnesota Wild, who uh, were looking to take Kupari there to replace Finnish Miko Koivu and play with Michael Granlund. But now, seeing they need to reset, they are going to go to... Uh, Niagara and the OHL and take little underside Akil Thomas, but they really like his competitiveness. They like his ability to compete for the pucks, work hard. He's a, he's a kid who's got high upside. He's a little bit raw, but they feel that with being patient, they can project uh, him to be a top six forward for them down the future. Uh, and they feel that they can be patient with him with a, a good group of forwards already in the system. All right, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they get their hands on a kid who can score a lot of goals and was doing it in a top professional league this season in the playoffs, and they're going with Vitaly Krapsoff at uh, 23rd. Next up is the San Jose Sharks, and uh, the San Jose Sharks are pleased to select a big hulking winger from the OHL and the Oshawa Generals, Sarah Noel. He's He's a man-sized kid already at 18. Uh, he's NHL size. He's got uh, tremendous potential, uh, not just to play a physical game, but he's, he's a good skater. He's got great soft hands. He's good and tight around the net, of course. Uh, there's a little bit of concerns about the consistency of his game, uh, but he's, he's 17 years old or 18 years old by the time the draft rolls around, and uh, there's lots of time for him to mature and develop the, uh, the needed aspects of his game. And the San Jose Sharks are prepared to be patient with them because they have a, currently have a great team. So they're quite pleased to add Saron Noel to their prospect bench. So next up is the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals look to the future, knowing that they have some aging forwards in their group that they're going to need to replace uh, and the need for high-end skill. Uh, and they walk up and take Isaac Lundestrom from Lulia and the SHL. Uh, they feel that this kid is, a, he might be a little bit off the board for some people, but he has very good hockey sense and he has the ability to uh, make players around him better. He has very good skating, excellent edge work. He can run a power play uh, and they walk away with a guy that they feel may be able to one day help replace guys like TJ Oshie and Alex Ovechkin in the future to complement their younger forwards that they already have. All right. So uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up at 26. They're disappointed they didn't get by the Bruins in round two. So we can uh, we look to the future a little bit here. Um, and they're going to take Rasmus Sandin. 
Um, so he's a, he's a puck moving defenseman. He's playing in the OHL. He had a little taste in Sweden there earlier in the season, but uh, really moves the puck around well. Great passes. Uh, his skating's just fine. And, uh, and they replace a little bit of the, uh, the prospect holes that they, they dealt at the deadline there. So they're going Rasmus Sandin at this spot. Next up is the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, they say, uh, welcome to their fans back home at the draft party watching it, who all erupt in elation. And the marketing team rejoices when they select Jet Wu with the 27th overall pick. The hard-hitting defenseman will be an absolute sensation with the fans uh, they've got such great young players and deep prospects still on their on their team. They can afford to uh, to perhaps reach a little bit in late in the first round on Jet Wu, uh, and just to make sure that they that they have him on their roster, uh, earn some karma with the hockey gods at the same time. I like it. So next up is the Detroit Red Wings via the Vegas Golden Knights pick uh, returned for Thomas Tatar. The Detroit Red Wings have needs all over their prospect system, but this is their second pick in the draft, uh, and they feel that they can swing a little bit here for high upside, and they take Benoit Olivier Gruel from Halifax in the Quebec Major Junior League. Uh, he has the, uh, the potential to be a very good offensive producer. He can make a play, he can work on the power play, and he's a kid that, that can shoot the puck as well too, and they just feel that this is a guy that they feel they can bring along, be patient with, and potentially become a good complementary player next to Michael Rasmussen, and they take Gruel from Halifax. Okay, at 29, uh, the Rangers get to step up again. Uh, this is Boston's pick originally. Um, and the New York Rangers, they're, uh, they're going to go with a kid who's got high upside, uh, an American-born player just converted to the back end a few years ago, Condre Miller. So a uh, big, big player with tremendous skating ability, really flies around the rink, um, projects probably more as a top four guy than a top two guy. But, you know, you take a swing on a kid like this who, who a little reminiscent of Brent Burns in the regards with his skill set, but uh, needs some cleaning up, some fine tuning on the defensive end. But uh, they take a swing on Condre Miller. Next up is the Nashville Predators, who uh, have a lot of uh, history of drafting defensemen. And uh, they, they stick to their M.O., and they draft uh, a different kind of defenseman. They uh, they like to take the uh, the all around or defensive defenseman, but they're going with the uh, the fleet footed puck moving Johnny Tyconic with their thirtieth overall pick in the first round. Very intriguing pick. Uh, so with the last pick in the first round of the NHL draft, the Ottawa Senators via the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are again the Stanley Cup champion. Obviously, we will walk up to the podium uh, and uh, select Jakob Lauko from the Extra Liga. This is a, a very talented player with high upside. Uh, he's a little bit off the board. He's been a late riser. However, uh, they just feel that he has uh, shown massive amounts of progress in his final year of draft eligibility. A uh, very, very strong international player has a got, has a, the ability to potentially project to be a top six center in the NHL, uh, and that's something that they need uh, going forward to replace. And they just feel that the potential upside here is too much to pass on. All right, that wraps up the entire first round mock draft. For uh, Dauber Prospects Radio, uh, gentlemen, is there any picks in there that caught you off guard? Are you, uh, did you want to to comment on anyone else's pick? I'd just like to say that everybody's excited to see Jonathan Berger and make it to the second round. 
So uh, all those teams at the top of the draft should just be salivating at the opportunity to get him in round two. Uh, I will say that there's a strong handful of about a dozen players left in the first uh, half of the second round there. Um, which I think is probably good foreboding for where it's really going to be in the NHL. Uh, we can see that there's some strong players there. I'm a big fan of a kid out here, Milos Roman, uh, who I think is one of the better centers in the draft who was, who was left off. Um, I think that there's a few other guys as well, too. Kalen Addison out of Lethbridge is a, is a very strong uh, defender. He's a little bit of uh, a project yet. but um, And then Alexander Alexiev as well, uh, who is a very uh, talented player. Uh, I'm not really certain whether or not he's going to go very high, but there's a few names that have been left on the board that uh, just show that there is going to be some talent at the first half of the second round. Yeah, I'd agree. Another guy, Jake Wise, is going to be sitting there, uh, you know, a really cerebral, shifty center out of the program who's uh, who's got top six center upside that a, a team's going to get a swing on. Martin Kaut, who uh, yeah, ended Kaut, up, I Kaut think, as well. third on that. Yeah, third on that Euro uh, scouting list for central scouting. He, he's uh, he's going to be a tasty pick for somebody in the second round if this is how it fell. Jacob Olson is another one. I wonder if having all these players with tremendous value and upside late in the second round as a testament to the depth of this draft, there's a number of teams that have multiple second round picks. I wonder if we'll, we'll see a lot of teams packaging up to trade up and, and move up earlier in the first round or, or get an extra pick in the first round uh, as teams look and see how many great players are available later in the second round. This, this could be an interesting draft for, uh, for draft pick swapping. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's, it's always something that I, I think the creative GMs uh, are smart to do it. So, uh, you know, if a guy is sitting there um, at the tail end of the first round that you love, I think it's smart to move up and grab them. But at the same time, I, I like the teams that slide back, you know, a, a team in the, in the mid twenties slips back and gets, you know, a couple seconds and maybe a fourth round pick. And, and we're saying with the depth of that early second round that they're going to get a couple of nice players. So I think there's a possibility for it, especially for the GMs that are on it. I would like to see that, but uh, unfortunately, I always feel that NHL GMs are far more conservative uh, than they should be. Uh, there's not as much dealing in the NHL draft as there are in other sports and that uh, they're, they're often afraid to give up the next player on their list because uh, I find in the NHL there's, they're very risk-averse. I'd like to see it. I would love to see something uh, that, you know, we walk into a draft and there's just absolute mayhem. You know what? This may be the year. I can't wait to find out. I'll see you guys all in Dallas. Be sure to check uh, the, the Dauber Prospects uh, site for our latest draft rankings. Uh, Cam just put one up uh, at the end of, end of the week. Uh, is that, that going to be your last one, or are you going to do one more, Cam? No, I'll now I'll sit down and uh, really go through the game take, tape, and I'll talk to some more scouts, and uh, you know I'll hear from Greg Balich about those, uh, those goalie rankings I've got going on there, and uh, I'll put one out uh, before I head to Dallas there at uh, probably the middle of June, so the final one will come out then. All right, so looking forward to uh, Cam's and my final draft rankings for the season. We'll probably, uh, with the Dauber Prospect Report coming up, we're going to try and get in another fantasy ranking, the draft. Uh, that's always a popular article. Uh, and anyways, that's, that's a wrap for the mock draft. Uh, so let's do, a quick, uh, let's do a quick recap, guys. Who are some players here that, uh, that maybe stood out? Uh, great picks players that maybe were a little bit uh, lower on your own ranking or you were surprised that they fell as low as they did. Uh, so scoring right off at the top, the first couple picks, Stalin, Sveshnikov, Kachuk, Zadina. I don't think there's a whole lot of surprises in there, or is that just me? I was a little bit surprised that you left me Zadina at four, but um, I think you could justify a lot of things, but uh, I'm not really certain. I just, people have 
definitely have fallen in love with Zadina at three. And I think that, you know, if he's there, you take a pick him and you take the kid. Yeah, I could see him going second overall. Zadina or Kachuk? Any of them. It's really, for me, it's a coin toss. I think it just comes down to a matter of personal preference. Uh, I picked Kachuk at three because I think he's he's NHL ready. I think Svechnikov is also NHL ready. Um, I think System Sings and Zadina's game that are NHL ready. I'm not sure if if he makes it to the NHL right away. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I'd be more surprised if he didn't, but I just think Kachuk's a more sure thing. Yeah, I think the interesting with, thing with Kachuk is that if he doesn't go in that three spot um, and Zadina does, uh, we might just see a run of D-men and, and him falling all the way to, you know, six, seven, eight. Um, I know a, a lot of teams take or uh, high on him and he, he should and could go top five, but, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting because as we saw, we had, you know, four D-men in a row go there. And uh, I think Ottawa would be very interested in a guy like Boquist if, uh, if Zadina's not sitting there too. So, so he's one to watch for sure. Speaking of the D run, I was a little surprised that it started with Evan Bouchard. I mean, absolutely, I would see him as a potential starting of the D run at fifth overall in a fantasy draft. Um, but to have him ahead of Boquist and Hughes was uh, was a surprise to me. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I wasn't going off my own board there. That's for sure. I, I, I have him probably as the the fifth best D man in this class sort of thing. But I just, uh, I got a feeling that uh, Arizona might be, might be looking at him. The, the big numbers, the big shot, um, you know, maybe they lose OEL and he's a player that he's not a, a smooth skater like he is, but you know, he shoots the puck like him. So uh, that, that was kind of the off one. I, I think, I think teams are going to jump on Kachuk and maybe Bouchard too, just because he's had that border for <laughs> OHL season. Yeah, it only takes one team to really like a player. So, uh, I mean, it could fall anywhere in that group. So, um, wasn't where I would have had him, but uh, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me either. Who who was next after Noah Dobson? Yeah, Noah Dobson wrapped up our uh, mini run on on D. Uh, then we went to a couple of forwards: uh, Wallstrom, Bellano, Kotkaniemi. Uh, no surprises there for me. I think some people might be surprised to see Bellano really high. Uh, I like him. Uh, why'd you pick him there, Ainsley? I just think he's a really solid. Uh, bet to play in the NHL. Like I have very little doubts that he, his game will translate to the NHL. He's got really good hockey sense on both the offensive side of the puck and the de- especially the defensive side of the puck. So I think if you're looking at downside for a player there, you're looking at a third line center. Um, I think he's got still got a lot more untapped uh, offensive upside. He's just been a little bit slow to develop, but we've seen more of it this year. Uh, I just think he's, he's probably one of the safest centers in the draft so I just look at it and I think a team is going to going to look at it and say you know we know that this is a guy that is going to translate to the NHL and they'll take him yeah yeah I think that's yeah. fair I think I think a lot of the talk is you know how are these D-men going to be ranked in the top 10 um, and getting less ink is is who's the top center in this draft because there's there's a handful of options there's Valeno there's Kotkaniemi there's Hayden and then a guy who's flipped on in our draft here is Rasmus Kupari um, Kupari so I, I think that's a really interesting one to watch too to see who goes first and and because there's not many centers in this crop, maybe a little string of them go as well. After, uh, after going cut Kami, we went Ty Smith. He's a player that I've seen a lot of draft rankings have him quite high. Um, I'm not uh, as big a fan. I know, uh, I know you like him, Cam. You see him a lot. Ainsley, you see him a lot too. He's a, he's a West, West Coast player. He's in your neighborhood. What's, uh, what do you like about him? Where, where do you see him? Well, yeah, I... I Oh, go ahead, Ainsley. I was just going to say, I, I passed over him for the Edmonton Oilers just because even though they do have the positional need for an offensive defenseman there, um, 
that you know that was an easy sort of decision to make. Except that uh, Ty Smith, I think, is he's a guy with who comes with a high upside but a significant amount of risk. Uh, there's doubts for me about the translatability of the top end producing side of his game. I think he can work on a power play. Uh, the question for me is whether or not he can um, be a significant contributor outside of being like a number four D-man in the NHL with a little bit of offensive upside. There's a, I, there's just parts of his game um, that concern me. So I would have had him mid to late uh, first round, but I wouldn't have taken him that high myself. And, I, and I'm the opposite. I love I love Ty Smith. I'm really high on him. So I've got him, I think I've got an eight on my board there. Um, he's he's I, I think he's got a, a really high floor. So you're right. He's definitely a player that can contribute on a power play. He's looked great with Spokane with Yamamoto and Anderson Dolan there. Um, and I think where he steps into it, he'll definitely be a player that can play on your top unit and move the puck. He skates so well. And I love players that, players that can skate. Um, he's got good gap control. He's got a good stick. So I think he's going to be a player. Um, you know, we'll see if he can contribute at five on five as well. But I think he can definitely play defense in all situations. So I like Smith as a, as a safer floor and as a high ceiling guy. So. I like him in that top 10, but you're right. He's, he's one of those players that, you know, you see him around that eight ten mark and then yeah, some, some lists have him 17, 18. So, so he, he'll be another one to watch. Then we had Faraby and Hayden. I think those guys are, are right on par with consensus rankings. Uh, then we had a couple defensemen, uh, Bode Wild and Jared McIsaac uh, and Ryan Merkley. Uh, so there's, there's some interesting picks there. I think any three of those guys could go around where we picked them or a little higher or a lot lower. Yeah. A lot of them, uh, all of them think, could drop, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you think has the potential to be the biggest uh, dropper out of those three? I think, I think Merkley's going to be the one to watch for, for skill level of dropping. Um, you know, I, uh, we were saying there that, that all it takes is one GM to step up and grab them. And so I think New Jersey has a need to fill. I think I'll will butcher who is a, a similar style player, but Merkley his upside is just so massive, but, um, there, you know, there are the whispers behind the scenes about him and he definitely doesn't play defense all that well. So if he's sitting there day two, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, McIsaac's the same thing. He's got the pedigree, he's got the size, um, but he hasn't had a great season. So, you know, a team could jump on it, hoping that he's a bit of a reclamation project or, you know, maybe he's sitting there at 40. Yeah. I think I could see Merkley falling right out of the first round. Um, well, I think what might get him in the first round is if a team has two picks like the Ottawa senators or, the New York Rangers, they have picks late in the draft. They'll already have had an opportunity to pick a player that they're confident is going to make their team either immediately or in the near future. Uh, so they might have a, a more of an appetite to take a risk on a player like Merkley, who's, who's a boomer bust. And uh, his draft status kind of reminds me a lot of Anthony D'Angelo. Uh, and he's a player that is, is looking a lot more like he's going to be a bust than a boom. Yeah, I think uh, of that group, uh, Bodie Wild is probably the safest pick. I think he's the one who's who's most likely to be in that range. I don't see uh, he doesn't have those major uh, flaws in his game. Like he's a very low risk to translate. So some team will t- probably take a look at him when you see it. Uh, of the two other players, there's I think Merkley could. Yeah, th- there's a potential that he's still there uh, on day two of the draft. Um, there's just some concerns about you know he's a little bit of a crazy legs skater out there and whether or not. Um, you know, there is other issues with him. Uh, the NHL teams are really conservative. So I, I, he'll either, I think he could be there at the end of the first round. He could be there at the beginning of day two. Uh, we've seen guys play like, there's no doubt, uh, you know, his skating is, is exceptionally good. Jarek McIsaac, the reason why I took him there was just because I don't actually have him that high myself, but I think 
if you try and look at the way that NHL GMs think, I think that Jared McIsaac is a guy that they're they're probably going to stick around with and say, you know, like he's he plays physical, he can skate, he can, you know, he does a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He's not really exceptional in any little uh, standing, but um, I think he's guy he's a guy that you know like I think Cam mentioned he's got a little bit of pedigree right so uh teams sort of fall in love with a guy and I think that they may not move off of him yeah despite the fact that he didn't have a great year good points all right after those three we went on a on a nice little forward run uh Ryan McLeod Denisenko Bach uh Kupari Akil Thomas Kratzov Noel Lundstrom uh, a lot of players in there. Uh, are there any names in there that you guys want to comment on? Anyone kind of shock you or great pick, questionable pick? I think uh, Kupari is is a great pick at 21. So like I said earlier, I think he, he's, he's got the skill that um, there's, there's no assurances there, but he could end up being the, the best center of this crop. Um, just so slick, creative. He's a great playmaker. Um, obviously, everyone in their dog knows that I'm a huge Dominic Bach fan, so I, I I enjoyed getting to pick him at uh, at 20 for LA. Yeah, Bach, I, I didn't think was much of a reach. I think that he's probably uh, going to be a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but I thought that that was about right. Kapari fell for me. I, I've got him quite a bit higher um, and probably would have taken him. I'm not, uh, I've heard rumblings anyway. I don't actually necessarily certain that he's going to wind up being a center, even though he's played mostly center. He's an exceptional skater and uh, I just think that he's one of these guys that may translate over to the wing. Uh, he doesn't really have the defensive uh, acumen that uh, his countryman Cook and Niemi has. So, but you know what? I, I, he should have gone higher than twenty. Was it twenty-one? That he should have gone much higher than that. Um, yeah, I think McLeod is a, is an interesting sort of case because uh, you know he doesn't really um, jump out as you as like a very creative offensive player, but he's a solid pick, I think, and he's a safe pick. So. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys that I think they'll, there will be a team that'll come in that's going to be risk averse and sort of say, you know, I think that we can take that guy. And I think there's a pretty good shot. He'll play in the NHL. I think for me, uh, there's just a question of where he's going to play in the NHL and, you know, is he a center or is he a winger? And again, uh, that comes down to this draft is very, um, shallow on centers really when it comes down to when you're talking about true centers, we don't, nobody in the top end of the draft, like with Hisher or Patrick or that kind of thing. So teams may look at it and start to address positional need at that point where they may look at a guy and say, okay, we project him as a center, or they may fall because they look at him and say, we're not certain he is a center and we're going to go for a uh, positional need. So one pick that I thought was really interesting is 19th overall, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Ainsley, you put down Dennis Senko for them. And here's what I thought was interesting about that. And uh, spoiler alert, we're working on uh, updated Dopper Prospects organizational rankings. And the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be number one overall again, I think. So what I found interesting was they have such <clears throat> tremendous talent. Uh, they've got great young players on their roster already. They've got a number of uh, elite prospects good depth as well. So it's, it's really curious for me to see what are they going to do with that pick? Are they going to reach and go with uh, a boomer bust kind of player? Uh, are they, you know, they don't really have a positional need that they need to fill. So do they just go with the, uh, the old best player available <clears throat> and you put down Dennis Senko. So he's a player I think has a high skill level. Uh, he's a little bit undersized. So is he the kind of player that if he makes it to the NHL is he's it's going to be as a prolific scorer or if he's not scoring, he's probably going to cap out at the AHL level. What's your take on on that thought, Dream? Yeah, I think there. I don't know if I would 
go so far as to say he's boomer bust. I think that there is um, there's just there is a high end amount of skill level there, and I think that uh, he is going to be one of these guys that when Pete when scouts start looking at package of tools like the actual toolbox that they've got. Um, they're going to look at a guy like Denisenko and say, you know, again, it comes down to that, what we were saying with Kapari as well, too, which is uh, there's too much talent to sort of leave on the board. And it actually wouldn't surprise me uh, if there's a team that is uh, so enamored with him that he goes much higher than we actually have him. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all. There's there's enough upside there that when a team feels strong enough at like the Philadelphia Flyers that they can take a swing uh, and there's no doubt. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's one team out there that likes him very, very high on their board. And I go back a few years ago to Dennis Gurianov, who hasn't panned out right now, but people were quite surprised when Dallas took him as high as they did. Uh, very different players, but I wouldn't be surprised if if there's one team out there that just goes, you know what, this kid's just too good. We can't We can't pass him up. Could be interesting to see him playing with uh, German Rupsov a little. For sure, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Sarah Noel. Uh, I put him at twenty fourth overall. Uh, I've seen him on a bunch of mock lists and draft rankings. He's a little all over the place. He's a riser. Uh, so putting him at twenty fourth overall puts him in the first round. Do you guys think that that was a reach? I think he's a player that he's he's a young player. He's a big body at six five. Um, he's He's got a lot of potential, a little bit raw, but I think at that level of the draft, um, at that spot there, that a team, uh, a team will swing on him. I think he's, he's probably going to be a late first rounder. Um, you know, he, he's looked strong uh, at the top prospects game at the U18. He uses his strength and his size on the boards. Um, I, I think he's a player that's got a high upside. Uh, you don't really know what you have until he, he gets there, but, uh, but he's, he's a player I think is about right in that spot. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's a little bit higher than I would think, but uh, the you know it it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if because of the size and the way that uh, we're sort of seeing that reverse bias go these days, where there's certain players, and I go back to um, to last year when you're looking at an Isaac Ratcliffe who falls a little bit further than maybe some people had on their board, uh, just a big guy you know, can, can actually produce like hard along the wall, like Ham says. So I, I just, I don't know with a player like uh, Sarah Noel, if people are going to look at it and say, he's a first round talent for us. But um, again, it comes down to one team may look at it and say, you know what, uh, we need size uh, and we're willing to be patient and make a project out of the kid. Uh, you know, it could happen. All right. The next step, we went back to, to D we went with uh, Rasmus Sandin and Jet Wu. I love the Sandin pick for Tampa Bay. I think Steve Eiserman is, likes to pick players out of the OHL. I think Rasmus Sandin is uh, a prototypical Tampa Bay Lightning kind of player. He's, he's, he's good all over, doesn't really excel at any one area of the game, but he certainly has no liabilities. Really nice, safe pick for, for Tampa Bay Lightning at that spot. The Jet Wu I put with, with Winnipeg, I, don't, I wouldn't actually expect him to go in the first round. That was just kind of more for entertainment value. I picked Wu there because he's Jet Wu. Uh, so the last four picks were uh, Benoit well, Olivier Grew. I just want to Andre comment Miller, on. I just want to comment that on for a second. I, I agree with what you're saying about Sandine, and I and actually going back to what I was saying about Denisenko, uh, there could be a team that really likes Sun, Sandine as well too, and he could go quite high. Uh, Jet Wu is one of these guys that I've watched out here, and, and maybe I'm a little bit biased out because I, I, I concentrate on the WHL. I really don't like Jet Wu as a first round pick. Um, I think the kids are like a really, really good competitor. Uh, I just don't know that that he's got that translatability. I think there's big, big risk with a kid like Jet Wu. Yeah, I'd agree. I've got Wu way down in like late second round, but like Peter was saying, that was more a, 
a fun little marketing thing for the Jets at that spot. All right. So then the last four guys, Benoit Olivier, Groot, Condre Miller, Johnny Kaikonic, and Jakob Blacko. Um, I like Benoit Olivier Grew. Uh, he was really great at the top prospects game. I think he's a player that can influence a game in a number of ways. Uh, he competes really hard. He's good offensively. He's dangerous shorthanded. Uh, doesn't lack a physical element to his game either. And uh, his skating is, is impressive as well. I think that uh, he should be a first round pick. I think his offensive ceiling might not be as high as a first round pick warrants, but at 28th overall, going to Detroit I think that was a, a pretty astute selection yeah I think what's really interesting is these these last five picks are all guys that we could definitely see in round two um, so we were saying earlier you know like we're looking at Bergeron and Addison and Martin Kaut and Jake Wise there's uh, Jakob Olsen there's going to be a ton of players that could slide into that 26 to, to 31 range and, and leave all these guys that we picked in round two um this is this is going to be a lot of fun as the end of the draft usually is where there's going to be sliders there's going to be a player that you know most most rankings have them in the the deep 40s that a team jumps up on that they love his skill set so um these these picks will be ones to watch all right i like the i like the tyconic pick Uh, i i think he's a player as well too that is going to uh, surprise a few people because of where he's been playing. Uh, but he is a very dangerous offensive player. And I think that there's, uh, again, you know, you start looking at it and if teams start uh, losing their the defenseman and they start looking at it and say, you know, there's a defenseman that we really wanted, they wanted we wanted this, he could slip to the second round as well. Uh, but the kid is really dangerous, and I think that that uh, he could get taken by somebody who, again, just fa- sort of falls in love with him and says, you know, there's such high upside there that we'll take a chance. Interesting. Let's wrap this up with uh, one quick last thought. Uh, maybe who's one player or your most surprised player that we he didn't find a way into our first round mock draft? Uh, for me, I think it was probably uh, Jacob Olsson. Uh, he's a player that. I think as a center, there's a need for center. I think there's a positional bias towards centers as over wingers. I think that would move him up on some teams' draft lists. Uh, and, I, and I see him on a lot of uh, draft rankings first rounds. So I think a team that finds him in the second round would be, would be really elated to be able to pick him in round two. Uh, Cam, who's yours? So I've mentioned a few. So some of my favorites is, is Bergeron and uh, Callan Addison, but uh, someone that we haven't talked about much is uh, Nils Lundqvist. So a uh, very smooth skating, right shot defender played a, you know, a, a pretty sizable role in the SHL this year as a 17 year old. Um, he was uh, a brighter spot for the Swedish team at the five nations tournament than Adam Bullquist. Uh, so he's got a really high upside. Um, he's been someone that's been rising all season long and uh, we didn't find a way to get him into this mock draft, but I think he's got a legit shot of being a first rounder. Okay, so the one player I think that uh, I mentioned him sort of at, uh, at the beginning there is a guy that I, uh, it's not just local bias, but I think I've watched him so closely that uh, I, I think there's a few teams that are really going to like him, and that's Milos Roman, uh, plays for the Vancouver Giants. He is uh, an exceptionally intelligent, positionally sound center uh, who skates very well and produces offense um, because of his hockey sense as opposed to just being a uh, dynamic wizard with the puck but he's always on the right side of play so he get he has produced at a level by playing very positionally sound and being a very supportive player and I think he is one of those guys that's going to sneak into the conversation as being 
one of the safer bets at center in a center week draft. So there's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if if teams look at it and go, you know, this guy could wind up being a second line center, but we know he's going to be a third line center. And if you know that the guy can be a third line center in the NHL, then towards the end of the first round, um, because it's such a, a, a positional need, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys take him. He actually looked very good at the World Juniors, um, despite not putting up a ton of points in certain games. Uh, so I think this is a guy who, uh, you know, the Slovakian kid, uh, you're going to see him um, rise up some people's boards uh, as we get closer to the draft. All right, that's a wrap on our mock draft. Make sure you swing by Dauber Prospects. Listen to the sh- look at our show notes for this episode, and uh, you'll find uh, a list of how our mock draft went down. You can also find uh, prospect profiles for most of the players in the first round already posted on the undrafted under 20 tab uh, across the, the home bar. Uh, the sliding squirrel, you'll you'll see a link for the latest prospects ramblings. Right now, that belongs to Cam. You can also see a link there for our organizational prospect rankings and the fantasy ranking for the draft. And both of those will be updated before the actual draft in Dallas this coming June. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Give us a follow on Twitter, at P. Harling, at Crazy Joe Davola, at The Hockey Minister, and at DPR underscore show. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Skills. 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 Rank point blank, we vital. Spit flow, whip shows, peep the recital. Skills, tap. You feel it when we drop those hot beats. Stop foes, killing shit, we got those skills. It's the music that the street loves. Deep stuff is now repping this with deep love. Skills, gangstar, duel it again, rule it again. Watch as we do it again. It's the true living with a youthful vengeance. And I'm a judge, laugh as your ass, give you a crucial sentence. You need at least 12 jewels to practice. You're doing